be pragmatic about it. What's the actual cost? What's the impact on your plan? If you don't like that potential outcome, do something about it by investigating solutions that are out there, but always weighing what are the strings attached. And if you can live with those strings, then it may make sense to put that into your plan. Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. It's time for another edition of Your Retirement Elevated. Walter Storholt here with Scott Dugan today. And Scott is the co-founder and managing partner of Elevated Retirement Group, just in case you're new to the show and don't know that. Serving you throughout the Kansas City metro area, but with clients all across the country as well. Find us online, past episodes at listentoscott.com or on your favorite podcasting app. Scott, how's life treating you this week? Can't complain. Life's pretty good. It's good. Uh, I don't know what we would do if you just started complaining on the show. It'd get quite awkward pretty quickly, wouldn't it? Nobody <laughs> wants to hear that at all. That's right. That's for sure. That's right. Keep your complaints to yourself. You better be doing <laughs> doing well all the time. Exactly. Um, my my mom, who's in HR, was telling me a story the other day of uh, back when she she's from New Jersey and then was in moved to North Carolina and that's where her working career was. So big transition from, you know, Northeasterner coming down to the South. And, um, she one day was in, I guess the break room, you know, coming in for work and was putting her lunch in the fridge. And she said, saw somebody, I don't know, I think her name was Tracy or something. And Hey Tracy, how you doing? And Tracy started like actually telling her how she was doing. And my mom cut her off and was like, Tracy, th- that I wasn't actually asking how you're doing. I'm just putting my stuff in the in the refrigerator for the day. You're supposed to just say this, and the, and sh- Tracy was mortified, absolutely mortified. <laughs> my mom was like, Tracy, I'm just kidding. I, I I didn't actually mean that, but because she's she's not a hugger, and that you know puts people off in the South, and like that, Tracy was like scarred for life after. That. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so you just reminded reminded me of that. Oh, it's good stuff. Well, we've got a really good show today. We're talking nuts and bolts stuff. So sometimes we're outside the box here on the show, but you know, Scott, sometimes we got to peel it back and hit the nuts and bolts of financial planning and retirement. We're going to kind of do that today. We're going to talk about long-term care solutions, uh, a topic that people don't like to discuss because of the implications of if you need long-term care, then, you know, that's not fun to think about. But boy, can you think of anything that happens in somebody's financial life that's more damaging if a plan isn't in place to handle than something like this? Well, and and I've seen it firsthand where there's been good plans in place and there's going to be no plans in place. And the issue with long-term care, and I'm not talking about insurance, I'm just talking about care. A lot of the times the decisions we think that we're going to make if we do need long-term care, well, those decisions are sometimes removed from us because something happens to us. I'm dealing with this very thing in my family right now of how how do we provide the care that's appropriate uh, in the current situation you know so i'm i'm living it right now and i've had many many clients over two decades that have had to face you know making decisions about long-term health care and so i thought since this is definitely fresh in my mind it would be good to do a quick refresher of you know, what is long-term care? What are my options? And really get your mind wrapped around, you know, what, is there something you should maybe want to investigate for your personal situation? Okay. I think that'd be fantastic. So uh, how many, how many options are there? What, how many are we going to be going over? 
Well, I think we're going to go through, basically, there's going to be three categories that we're going to talk about. Uh, but I think we, we'll kind of start the conversation with, you know, what is, quote, long-term care? And long-term care could be, you know, someone that gets uh, sick, goes to a rehabilitative hospital, you know, gets better and goes home. That's considered long-term care. Okay. Um, you may have people coming into your home part-time or full-time. You know, that's a version of long-term care. Assisted living, independent living, uh, nursing home. Those are all different types of long-term care. Uh, I, that's that's news to me, Scott. I, I never thought that – I thought long-term care was a permanent situation. So that's interesting to know that actually it's classified in even short-term ways. In the data, that's what you have to be careful of, the data that gets yeah. put out there – Oh, look, you know, one in two, one in three people are in need long-term care. And then you're sitting around looking around like, wait a minute, every one or two people I know is not in long-term care. Right. So how does, how does that work? <laughs> you know, so you've got to be, you've got to dice up the the information. Now, I will say that we're experiencing it right out our doorstep here at our office. I mean, they're building an extremely large, expansive facility with all different levels of care right here in Prairie Village. You know, so there's no doubt that our demographic, you know, our the demographics of our country, you know, we're an aging population. You've got more and more people turning 65. Uh, you've got more and more people living longer. And so it, it kind of compounds that uh, scenario, you know, with, with what we're facing. And so I think looking at long-term care, those are the different kind of the long-term care journey somebody may go, go on. Maybe they have some failing health. Uh, maybe they say, oh, we need somebody to come in and just help out around the house. Maybe they said, you know, we're going to sell the house. We're going to move into, move to a facility that has a little bit of care where maybe they come by and make sure we take our medicine or we can go down and to the dining hall and have, have meals, uh, you know, things like that. And it could be moving all the way into somebody with Alzheimer's goes to a memory care facility where it's around the clock. Uh, care, you know, or a, a nursing home, you know, where uh, you just need people around to do the activities of daily living, you know, like feeding yourself, bathing, those types of issues. And those, again, as we live longer, and depending on our health and how that plays out, uh, we may need to have more people to help with the situation. So I think the starting point, and we teach this in a lot of our uh, university-based classes is, first of all, let's look at quantifying the cost. And depending on the level of care that's out there, you know, it's going to be less expensive if you have somebody come into your home and, you know, for a few hours, you know, it's going to going to be one cost. Uh, if you go all the way up into, let's say, a, a private nursing home with a private room, I mean, you're talking six figures per year you know, at certain locations. So it's a wide range of expenses. In our process, we have all the software that calculates the cost, not only now, but in the future, to say, if we build your plan, and if one of you experiences some sort of long-term care uh, need and you spend the money, what does that do to your plan? And a lot of times we'll run those numbers and the clients will look at that and say, well, you know, yeah, we're going to spend half a million bucks of our savings, but that's what we save for. And if we have, we need to submit it on care, then that's what we're going to do. We just leave less money, you know, for uh, beneficiaries. And that's pretty common. And that would be being self-insured. 
Okay, and and that's very popular uh, right now. And if you've got the resources to do it, and you don't have a an issue with spending the your savings down, then self insurance is probably going to be a good way to go. And like I say, that's that's part of our process to make sure people have good data to make solid decisions around. How, how often are you seeing folks where? that's a fit for them where they're able to self-insure is that a is that a common finding or more on the uncommon side of the scale i will say it's uncommon in society that people have the resources to self-fund it is more common with the families that we serve and that's just because they're usually they've been great savers have put a lot of money away and they've got financial resources that are available to them that they could weather that storm. Uh, so, but I will tell you that if someone is saying, hey, we're going to self-insure, what sometimes dramatically changes that thought process is experiencing having, having a loved one need long-term care. That usually triggers people to investigate what are their options beyond self-insurance. Just like if anyone listening has ever had to administer an estate uh, for a parent or a sibling and there wasn't a good plan in place and maybe they had to go through probate, usually that experience, if they've not done their legal planning to that point, it's going to trigger them to go do it because of what they had to endure. And I can tell you, people will come in and say, I went through this with my parents. The reason we got our legal ducks in a row because we don't have our, want our kids to go through what we went through. And it's the same thing with long-term care. Well, you know, my mom and dad, you know, example, you know, my, my mom needed long-term care. You know, it, it, it took a lot of the resources, but it was a, you know, a big burden on family members. We don't want to do that to other people. You know, so that's that's usually a common process of if you have that experience and you have to live through it, it changes the way you think about structuring your current situation, or your plan. It's a great point. Uh, really changes the dynamic um, when you've been <laughs> we on the previous episode. We're talking about knowledge and uh, experience. Uh, there's a, a in a small way, another example of how those two things can sometimes go hand in hand and uh, lead you to handling situations differently. Mm-hmm. All right. What about other options? So once you get past the self-funding, the traditional, you know, long-term care insurance, you know, that's really decreased in popularity over the years. Um, if you're listening out there, you may have seen the increases in the premiums. Uh, just last week, we had a cl- long-time client. You know, they've had a long-term care policy longer than I've been in the business, but they had another 25% per year increase on their premium. And they decided that's just too much. It's and a big so increase. Gonna, an increase in the – so can you imagine that, you know, paying that, that much extra money? And I've seen, you know, 40, 50, 60% increases in one year. And so that traditional long-term care insurance, not very popular with our clientele. Uh, the only time I really would see it, if it's a group plan that's available or it's a federal employee, uh, they do have a plan that's available. But I would say that most people think about nursing home insurance or long-term care insurance, not very prevalent uh, in our the clients that we take care of. Uh, if they do have it, they got it before us. And now we're usually managing that the cost of it, and 
unfortunately, a lot of the times uh, people just get caught priced out of it and they say, we give up. And maybe they'll get their, some of their money back or get a smaller pool of benefit. Uh, but I think really where it's headed are what are called hybrid solutions. And hybrid solutions are really put out there to counteract the idea of putting a ton of money away in a long-term care policy and never needing it. Because if you're putting you know three to $6,000 a year in a long-term care policy, and the only way that you get benefit from it is going through long-term care, uh, nobody wants to do that, you know, but that's the, how you get the benefit out of it. And so the hybrid solutions, it's just using other types of insurance products. And those would be either certain types of annuity strategies and or a certain type of life insurance strategies. I know we're using the word annuity and life insurance, uh, but I can tell you that's been the most popular way to say, hey, we do want to have some sort of hedge against long-term care costs, but we don't want to give money away that we can never access again. And so a lot of people want to retain control of the asset and have the ability to use it for something else if they don't need it for long-term care. So for an example, if they're using a certain type of annuity with long-term care benefits to it, it's a place where they can put a chunk of money. So a perfect example, we had a client that had a CD come due, a couple hundred thousand dollars. So they wanted safe money. They didn't want to risk it in the market, but they also were a little concerned about future long-term care costs. So we did our research and we came back with a conservative option, a couple of them actually, that we're using fixed index annuity contracts or strategies. The basis said, hey, we'll put the money in it will be protected from market loss. So your principal is always guaranteed. Uh, if the market goes up, you get a portion of the upside. But what they were really putting it in there for was, yes, can they probably do better than a CD? That's a fairly high probability. Uh, but they, they like the idea that in the future, every year that went by, if they needed an income stream from that strategy, that would increase over time. So it, it could distribute a personal pension for them. And that personal pension, if they did need to use it for long-term care, uh, that personal pension doubled in value. So for example, if 10 years from now, that, that annuity, that personal pension would kick out $2,000 a month. If you needed long-term care, it could produce $4,000 a month for up to five years. And if you passed away, whatever the value is left that you didn't use for care, that would go to your beneficiaries. You know, so again, it's ways to use innovative options that are out there uh, and just redeploying money because all they did was took money from a CD that was giving them protection of their dollars, but it wasn't giving them a hedge against any other things. By transitioning over to the other strategy, they could get a return, they could get safety, but they could get an, the opportunity to produce a pension income or a long-term care benefit. And if they didn't need any of that, whatever the value was, goes to their beneficiaries. So there's multiple exit strategies out of that situation where it made better sense for the client to move that CD money, or we call sleepy money, over into something that was more productive. We don't like sleepy money, right? No, we got to caffeinate that money. <laughs> I like that. So, yeah. Caffeinate it. 
Yes. And and so that's the that's using a new and where we see that, especially if someone has health issues where they couldn't go through the process to get traditional type of insurance or life insurance, an annuity works well because there's no underwriting. Uh, the other strategy that's very, very popular, uh, popularized by Dave McKnight. Uh, we've had David on the show. Uh, it's called the Life Insurance Retirement Plan or LARP, L-A-R-P for short. A lot of our clients have utilized this strategy where it's taking money and putting it in a position that can grow respectfully you know, get a get a respectful rate of return, um, gives them a death benefit right out of the gate. Uh, but that death benefit could be accessed while we're alive. So an example, say we put money into this life insurance retirement plan, and let's say it has a $400,000 death benefit, meaning if you pass away, your beneficiary will receive $400,000 tax-free. Well, the reason that people are doing this is that if they put money over into this strategy, money can grow over time, it can grow tax deferred, and it can grow tax free. So if you needed to tap into it for additional cash, you can do it. But a lot of people are saying, hey, that death benefit, well, that's important. And if you know it helps with taxes down the road, that's great, or income replacement, that's great. But what about can we access it when we're alive? And so we look at using what's called a living benefit, meaning can we get access to this benefit while we're alive? So an example in that $400,000 death benefit, if you need long-term care and you qualify, which means you can't do two of the six activities of daily living, let's say you can't feed yourself and you can't transport yourself from the bed to a chair, well, that would activate the living benefit that says, we can start pulling money from that death benefit while we're alive. So in a rough example, if you've got a $400,000 death benefit, you could take about $8,000 a month over about a 48 month period. And you can use that for whatever type of care that you need. So it's accelerating the benefit, giving it to you while you're alive. So let's say you go two years and you, out of that $400,000, you've spent $200,000. That came out tax-free. It paid for your long-term care or your health care expenses. Well, there's still $200,000 left as a death benefit. What happens to that? Well, that amount goes to your beneficiaries and goes to them tax-free. So there's an example of we took money, we put it in a different pocket. It's still ours. It's still on our balance sheet, but it gives us additional benefits that we did not have previously. And, for, and it's not right for everybody, but it's right for a certain type of person that says, I want to hedge my bets. I want to have a plan. I want to be prudent. So in case we do need it, we've got a pool of resources to go tap into to, to preserve our other assets. And hopefully, thankfully, if we don't ever use it, we pass that money on to the beneficiaries. So again, that's just good planning is to investigate what are the options out there to solve problems you perceive in your life? So to recap, it really starts with quantifying the effects of having a long-term care incident in your financial plan. If you look at that, those numbers and you say, oh my gosh, we don't like that. We don't want to expose that much of our money. Then you probably shouldn't self-insure. And if you think it is something you need to explore, then you need to look at what are your options? Is long-term care insurance an option? 
is doing a hybrid solution like uh, an annuity with long-term care benefits, life insurance with living benefits or accelerated benefits. Look at the pluses and minuses of those and see if that fits into your situation. And if it does, then go through a process, find the best options that are out there that are best for your situation and see if you can integrate that into your situation. So I think that's really how you want to tackle long-term care. Be pragmatic about it. What's the actual cost? What's the impact on your plan? If you don't like that potential outcome, do something about it by investigating solutions that are out there, but always weighing what are the strings attached. And if you can live with those strings, then it may make sense to put that into your plan. Very good. And hopefully that provides you with a nice breakdown of long-term care options and solutions. A couple of different things to think about from self-funding to the traditional route that's less popular these days. And then these hybrid solutions that are available to you. As always, uh, please don't you know just go out and, and pick one of these solutions for yourself without some additional, uh, additional guidance and, uh, and analysis of where you currently stand financially. This is all part of the planning process, and that's something that Scott can walk a client through. So if you have any questions about that or want to come in for a review of your financial plan and explore some of these long-term care options and how they fit in with the rest of your financial life, please reach out. 913-393-4724 your number to call to get in touch or listen to scott.com. We'll put the ways to contact Scott in the show notes or description section of today's show. Scott, really appreciate the help and the guidance on the program today. And uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you again on the next episode. Sounds great. Join us again next time for another episode right back here on Your Retirement Elevated. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.